Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, what a sad day for the people of Boston and the Boston Marathon. Now, experts say staying positive is good for your health, right? So how do we stay positive with all this bad and scary news going on in the world? Should we even bother trying to stay positive? We're talking about it next on the Matt Townsend Show. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Two explosions rocked the finish line at the Boston Marathon today just moments after the winners were announced. Authorities have confirmed numerous injuries and some fatalities. The marathon has now been called off and the rest of the runners are being diverted away from the blast areas. In Washington, President Obama has been made aware of the situation and the White House has been placed on a low-level lockdown as officials work to discover who is behind the attacks in Boston. Vice President Joe Biden says he is praying for the victims and their families. The Supreme Court has decided to stay out of the nationally raging debate over guns, opting today not to hear a case to decide if there is a constitutional right for citizens to carry a firearm outside of their homes. An account of a hunger-striking Guantanamo Bay prisoners being force-fed was published in the New York Times, revealing the harsh conditions inside the controversial prison. The Obama administration is defending harsh force used by the guards over the weekend to quell a violent prisoner uprising. Giant rat-sized snails are invading Florida. Giant African land snail populations are growing swiftly in the state, which is dangerous because the slimy creatures can true through stucco and plaster. In world news, North Korea issued new military threats today on the birthday of the current regime's founder, issuing essentially an ultimatum to South Korean authorities as world powers continue to dispute North Korean nuclear programs. Venezuelan protesters are calling for a recount after the recent election following former President Hugo Chavez's death came down to under 300,000 votes. Both sides are claiming they've won the election. And a notorious French gangster has escaped from prison by holding four guards at gunpoint and blowing up five doors. Warrants have now been issued for his arrest in 26 nations and Interpol officials have been called in. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program every day to give you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. And again, life strikes. uh, Boston Marathon. Um, Some bombs going off. I'm sure you've heard about this. And uh, we're going to try to address it today. Now, the topic for the show today was originally going to be just positivity and how to deal with how to create a more positive life, in fact, pathologically positive life. And we're going to be bringing on an expert who's going to be helping us with that. Dr. Paul Jenkins is going to walk us through trying to create a little bit more positivity. And then here comes life, smacking us right in the face. And I'm sure a lot of you have been glued to the TV trying to figure out how and what is going on in Boston. Another attack, another terrorist attack. People aren't quite sure. And so before we move on, we want to make sure we address some of this. So we're bringing on Sam McCall, our newsman, the myth, the legend, Dr. Sam, we call him. Sam, I'm okay with that. you've been busy watching the news, right? Yeah, it's about 5 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, they're actually, they had a press conference just a few minutes ago. Um, 
not a whole lot of hard numbers or yeah. hard information was given at all because they really don't know yet. Mostly police officials and city officials are just reiterating, you know, if you know anything, if you saw anything, please call these hotlines. They've set up, you know, hotlines to find your family members to make sure your uh, you know, loved ones are okay. This is a Boston Marathon. So all these people have been qualifying for this marathon all over the country to finally get and it. And the world even. I mean, the world, exactly. Yeah, this is a big here. event. And all of a sudden, uh, near the end, about the four-hour mark of the race, so most of the early finishers were well done. And Yeah, it was, I think, a couple hours after the first people came yeah. through. And then what happened? Two bombs go off. Two bombs go off, like, within about 15 seconds of each other. And then, I guess, an hour to a half hour, as far as I understand, another bomb went off at JFK Library. Uh, no across one was the injured street, there. right? I'm not Is that exactly in the same sure. area? It's in the same area. And then, as well, there were more explosive devices that the bomb squad diffused. Wow. So a tough day for Boston, for sure. Yeah. Fatalities so far that we know of. There are at least two so far. Okay. Injuries. And over 20 people injured. But those numbers are not hard confirmed. You know, they're expected to grow most likely. So. Oh, my heavens. And they are there. I guess they don't know. They don't know who's responsible. No one's taken No ownership. responsibility yet. Yeah, they're just hoping they get some good tips. Oh, my word. Isn't this? This is life. This is the news, Sam. This, this, is, is, this is your fault. This is not my fault. It's the That's news. certainly It's wrong. totally the news. <laughs> On my show, we never have to deal with crazy stuff like this because you get to. Well, somebody should, I suppose. Oh, wow. Well. But tough day for Boston, for sure. Yeah. Our prayers are with you, Boston. And uh, Sam's going to keep you posted. Sam will be back in about a half hour um, with more of a more news update on the bombing. And again, we would love to hear from you. If you have... Uh, you know, some insight into this uh, situation. Not necessarily. We don't. We're not here to solve it. We're here to. If you were there, if you were, if you were in the vicinity, we'd love to hear from you at uh, BYU. Um, at what's the what's our call? One eight five five chat. One eight five five chat BYU. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm like, that's not right. One eight five five chat BYU. That's right. I was about to say Matt Chat. the sign upside down. <laughs> our old name. Our old name. Yeah, just go 1-855-MATCHAT. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Um, and we'd love to hear from you and, and just hear how this impacted you if you were in the area. If you watch the video of the people that were there, obviously traumatic. Um, it, I mean, it just brings back so many memories. We've had some traumas lately in the Newtown shooting in Connecticut. And it, interestingly, on the signs for the marathon, were um, they were also kind of doing the, the run in memory, I think, of the Newtown shooting as well. So you can see those signs up all over Boston as well. And then um, also, just for me, kind of the 9-11 moment where you remember the very beginning of 9-11 and we didn't have a clue what was going on and it took hours to start having information come in. So Boston, you're in our prayers, you're in our, you're in our thoughts. And um, what we really want to do with today's show is the original purpose was to find a way to create some, some pathological positivity. And now with Dr. Jenkins, who's going to be joining us after this first break, we're going to really put him to the test. How do you hit pathological positivity when life hits you first with such negativity, bombing, something we're celebrating, a celebration of the race of, in the Boston Marathon, all the joy that was probably going on in that town, a good time for all, ruined, at least, you know, the spirit was maybe uh, marred by this tragic event. So we're going to come back with Dr. Paul Jenkins, and he's going to teach us right up front, how do you deal with life when it throws you a curveball like they just are going through in Boston 
if you're uh, if you're suffering through this, listen up because this is a great tool to help you. We'll be back. Also, would love to hear from you if you're uh, in that area or if you have any comments about how to deal with tragedy and find the positive in the uh, more difficult parts of life. Give us a call one eight five five Chat BYU one eight five five Chat BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back right here on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. Will mankind still be around 300 million years from now? No one knows, but at least our data will still be readable. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Formats for recording and storing data change over time, and the storage medium itself may wear out or degrade after a few years. Hard disks, floppy disks, even so-called archival DVDs have a limited shelf life. But Kyoto University and Hitachi have developed a data recording system that they claim can stay readable for at least 100 million years. The recording medium is a refined quartz crystal, measuring just 2 centimeters square, laminated into four layers, totaling only 2 millimeters thick. Each layer is then etched with a powerful laser and a pattern of binary dots, not unlike today's compact disks. These dots can be read with regular light using a microscope. The quartz is very stable and was tested to 1,000 degrees Celsius heat for two hours without damage. On the downside, the data holding capacity of the quartz medium is only as much as that of a standard CD-ROM of today. Hitachi says the data crystals will be on the market by 2015. So you can buy one and 100 million years later, be fairly sure you got the last word. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. And what a song. Every time it was recorded, it stopped my world for a while. Ron Simpson is passionate about music and knows a good song when he hears one. I'm plenty old enough to realize this is something new, something pretty cool, something important. Join him as he takes a closer look into the songs and musicians he knows and loves. Trying to analyze the chords and figure out why the song communicates such an incredible mood. The Tantara Hour, weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we uh, our goal was to talk about you know creating a pathologically positive life, kind of get your head in the game. And we got Doctor uh, Paul Jenkins is with us here today, expert in um, I, cognitive therapy. The cognitive therapy is one of the one things of your we tools. use to help people. And here right. you sit. Boston Marathon explosions. If you watch yeah. the news, I'm sure a lot of people are out there watching, and you can see just the terror, the fear in people's faces. Um, but help us cope with this, because this is you know you know this is the makings of PTSD, post traumatic stress. This is the traumatic <laughs> side of it. And can we differentiate? Maybe we ought to start with that, Matt, where we we get to look at at normal life experience, right? Which includes stuff happening yeah on a regular basis every day you know life happens you lose a job right stuff when you said ptsd the the d part stands for disorder right and because you react to something like this 
in a predictable, normal way doesn't mean you have a disorder. No. It, it just actually makes you normal. Exactly. If you weren't reacting, you have bigger problems. I experienced this before I came onto the show. Uh, Rob called me and he said, hey, can you come in early? We've got this thing happen. I said, what's happening? Yeah. I'd been working on my book. I was completely absorbed in what I was doing. I turned on the news. Boom. I watched these video clips. We've got a monitor here in the studio yeah. where we see these these images coming out of Boston. And I had this just visceral response. Right. You know, you feel a little sick. You feel a little uh, like it's not real. Right. When this stuff happens. Same thing with, with Newtown, Connecticut. The same thing with 9-11. Uh, these are normal reactions to it, abnormal events, and it doesn't mean you're. It doesn't mean you are. You have PTSD. That's it doesn't right. mean you're even really a candidate. Exactly. Yeah. Which is an important thing uh, to distinguish. This is a normal. I mean, this is an abnormal event, and you're having a normal reaction. And mm-hmm. those reactions, mm-hmm. what would be normal? Fear, stress, anxiety, exactly. sleeplessness, uh, troubled thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagination running wild with, you know, kind of a, a preoccupation with it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like you hate it. You don't want to look, but you can't look away. Yeah. It's like a train wreck, huh? Yeah, exactly. And that's normal. Absolutely normal. So when you're sitting here, I mean, and really who would, I guess it would affect to are the people more close to it that, I mean, the people, there are people that are traumatized that might be, have a higher likelihood of eventually having a disorder mm-hmm. if you were in the middle of this explosion. Mm-hmm. But you're saying one of the keys, though, is what? So how do we, if we're just a normal person watching this, how do we not let this become too much? First of all, give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling. It's a normal reaction to an abnormal event. You're a human being who feels and who's connected to your fellow human beings. And so it's supposed to bother you. Yeah, right. Uh, you know what? I say that hesitantly, though, because there might be some people who are not feeling bothered by it. Yeah. Okay, that's all right, too. Yeah. So whatever you're feeling is perfect for you. Now, that might sound a little yeah, fluky, squishy. But yeah, but... Just understand that your your mind, your psychology is is designed in such a way to to respond in a way that's going to move you forward eventually. Right. Now, what you do with it becomes a very, very important factor. But the initial reaction, completely normal. So if you're if you really are like, yeah, okay, right. I mean, mm-hmm. stuff happens. Mm-hmm. That's okay, too. That doesn't mean yeah, you're, okay oh, you're so unfeeling, you uncaring, non-American. Well, you look at even you look at these video clips that, that are rolling out on the news, yeah. and you see people running away mm-hmm. from the blast, and you see people running toward yeah. the blast. Yeah. So which ones? Who's messed up? The one running <laughs> right. or the run? To, it's just coping, right? So you can train yourself to respond to anything in in an intentional, purposeful way, and whatever response you have is probably based on your your experience, yeah. your training, whatever it is. So if you're an emergency responder, you may you may go toward the blast. That's 9-11. All the firefighters yeah. are climbing the stairs, and all of the people are getting out of the buildings. But exactly. they were trained to get up and climb. Mm-hmm. Get up, put the fires out. Yeah. So, so, so some of the coping skills, I guess, is based on your expectation of what your roles are. are your role, yeah, is your sure. role here to help? Is your role to go get safe? Right. 
So whatever your initial reaction is, that's that's programmed in. We'll right. just put it that way. It's something that that your mind naturally handles, and you can't be wrong about that. Right. It's just who you are. So what you do. And, and so really, how much can one person do? So again, what we're trying to do, we're, we're with Dr. Paul Jenkins, um, and you can you can find Dr. Jenkins um, at his website, Living uh, Doctor Paul Jenkins. Yep, spelled with a dr. Dr. Oh, that was right. But the, what, and then you have another organization, livingonpurpose.com is another website, right? Well, I, I have a podcast called Live on Purpose. Oh, Live on Purpose. Okay. And we've got Live on Purpose Radio and Live on Purpose TV, and that's where that name's coming I from. I was like, yeah, I knew there was yeah. another. So Dr. Paul Jenkins um, is joining us, and he's he was going to be on the show anyway to just talk about creating a positive life and mm-hmm. to, to, to really get into it. And we really are trying to pick his brain about this breaking news. And one key you're saying is whatever you're feeling right now about what's going on in Boston – just accept it as a normal feeling. It's mm-hmm. not right or wrong. It's just you right. processing the way you process. And it doesn't mean that you're right or wrong. Right. It just is. And there's ways to understand that, which we can get into later on if yeah. you want. But then the important thing after that is what am I going to do? Action. And, and you can take action. You can take intentional action toward handling this event, whether you're in the middle of it or whether you're watching it from a distance like we are, yeah, uh, there are intentional steps that you can take. Now, we were going, going to talk about positivity today. Yeah. This is actually a perfect opportunity to look at a very powerful application of positivity because the big question is, how can you look at something like this in a positive perspective? Right. And some people out there are thinking, oh, man, like we should. Right. But in reality, I guess, how we approach this is going to term, determine how you move on with it, how you feel about it, how you progress over it. I mean, it's a choice, right? And it's, you're not even saying yeah. you have to – you're not saying Pollyanna, just be happy. You're not saying that. You're saying there's an approach you're about to take when you start forward in this. I, I love that you mentioned Pollyanna. I know. She's a great gal. Well, look at the context of that. This is coming from, from a Disney movie. Right. Pollyanna, it's actually a remake of a 1920s movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Disney made it in, or remade the movie in 1960. Okay. Uh, I may be getting the date wrong on that, but it was in the 60s. Yeah. And here's this girl at 11 years old who was orphaned. Yeah, big deal. Okay, big deal. Yeah. B- a bombing in, in Boston. Yeah. Okay, for uh, an 11-year-old child, this is huge. Mom and dad, gone. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. She knew what was going on. She was old enough to know what was going on, and she played what she called the glad game. It was a game. Her father had taught, her to, taught it to her. Yeah. About how you look at any situation, any circumstance in your life, and you look for something in that to be glad about. And if you're on the street in Boston at this moment, this may not be the right timing for that. Right. No, right. Get through the day. You're still... Well, I call it uh, the oh crap response. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, it, it's just a natural physiological and psychological response to trauma. Right. It's the way you're supposed to feel. Right. That's like a... That, that, your body will naturally take you on that response. Go right. That's just a yeah. ride. Go on the ride. It's a ride. 
Let let the and the ride will go, and then you're going to mm-hmm. get off the ride, and then you're going to have to make context right. and understand. And that's, I guess, what you're saying is that's when it becomes a little more intentional, uh, much more intentional, uh, where you don't have to continue that ride in any particular direction. You can steer it. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, so that's one way to look at it. It's it, stuff happens, and I have found. Uh, in my own life and with my clients, I'm enormously unsuccessful changing the past. <laughs> what is your deal? It's I like know. you're limited there. Well, and there are some psychologists <laughs> who want to do that. They want to go that's dig up the past. That's all they want to do, exactly. All the time. I'm not that kind I, of how, psychologist. And you, but that's, that's a huge thing. You can't go change the not, history of this bombing. Not going to change it. Mm-mm. That was, what, three hours ago? Yep. And so now we deal with it and we understand it and we, you like you're saying, then we start building action Mm-hmm. around it building action around it and interpreting it in a way that serves us well well that's an interesting thing about this because as, as people are watching this is the same thing that happened on 9 11 it's the same mm-hmm. thing that happened during the tsunamis it's we then kind of just get entrenched with the news who keep cycling 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 information not necessarily right. coping skills not necessarily but just data 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 mm-hmm. And it just seems like they're going to actually help you help us formulate our interpretation of this, but right. that doesn't make it a healthy interpretation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And default's always downhill. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all water's going to run down. So, so you will hear an emphasis on this is bad, this is terrible, this is awful, this is no good. Yeah, and it's easy to believe that when you see the images. Well, and yeah, you think the people about are the hurt, and the, yeah, and the death, mm-hmm. and the the casualties. And the injuries. Yeah. And it's easy to conclude that this is bad. It makes sense. Well, is it? I don't know. What does it mean to us? So here's a pathologically positive question. What could possibly be good about this? And again, on the street, it's too early to ask yeah, that, right? Because you're still going through the trauma. Well, and, and let's the even maybe impact. go back. Let's go back to 9/11. What could possibly okay. be good? About 9-11. I mean, I guess one thing is it did bring our country together in a way that we had, hadn't been together forever. I was just going to ask, what do you mean 9-11? Because yeah. you say that and immediately, to most people's minds, comes an image of planes crashing That's into right. buildings, of yeah. terrorist activity, of death and destruction. Thousands of people died that day, man. Right, right. Or do you mean the 9-11 where parents hugged their children a little tighter? Right. Every parent went home. Where every flag in this country was flying. Yeah, exactly. We've a resurgence of patriotism we haven't felt since World War II. Right. Uh, which 9-11 do you mean? Or was it the same one? Yeah. What could possibly be good about this? And, and it's a great question, but typically when we're in the middle of trauma— and when we're consumed by it, like right. you were saying, we don't ask it as a question. No. It's a statement disguised as a question. What we're really saying is nothing yeah. could possibly be good about this. Right. You crazy? Right. It's a statement disguised as a question. We'll put a question mark back on the end of it. What could possibly be good about this? And it doesn't mean that there was good in that evil terrorist act. No. But look at all of the good things that happened as people chose to respond to it. Yeah, that's what you'll start hearing, I'm sure, on the news are all the hero stories and the people running toward the explosions and 
Mm-hmm. That's what you'll start hearing about, the people that make the difference. And the countless acts of, of service that happened. I heard a, a quotation that was attributed to uh, Fred Rogers. Yeah, I loved him. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I think we did a tribute to him last I time think I we was did. on. He was my hero. And he said uh, he had learned from his mother, anytime something like this happens, look for the helpers. Mm. You even look at these video images and you see throngs of people assisting and helping. Where are the bombers? Right. There's maybe two or three or a dozen of those. But look at all of these helpers. And in fact, it almost seems like finding the positive is what creates the balance to the negative. Like if we can point out the thousands of Mm -hmm. positive stories, it's, it's changing the meaning of this entire event. It's changing it that it's, it's, it's not like the event was positive, but there's just as much or more good in this event that we're seeing than even bad. And it's a trigger event. Yeah. And much of the good that we will see coming from this will happen in the weeks and months and years to come. Mm-hmm. I don't know what inspiring stories we're going to hear as we, see, as we see our fellow human beings rising to the occasion of a very difficult situation, choosing positivity. And you said counterbalancing, but I, I would like to submit <clears throat> that it overwhelms the negative. Well, it, and it should. It can. It, 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 I guess this is why terror they think works because if I guess it depends which we choose to focus on. If we choose mm-hmm. to focus on the terror, it won't overwhelm the good, even though all the good is there. Mm-hmm. But you, I guess if we choose to focus on the good, mm-hmm. it will overwhelm the terror, and terror has no power. We and take it away by what we choose, don't we? So, so as you're listening, uh, you might be thinking, what? <laughs> what could possibly be good about this? It's a great question. It's a great question. And remain in the question. So here's another strategy. It's okay to remain in that question. It's okay to not know and not solidify the answer. For now. Yeah. But realize that your subconscious mind has a tendency to go out and answer all of those questions automatically. Yeah. While you're not even paying attention to it. Exactly. And it's always default. It's always the downhill thing. Well, okay. So let's take it out of like a national emergency, which is already usually politicized, whatever, mm-hmm. death of a family member, mm-hmm. sickness of a family member, mm-hmm. loss of a job. Yep. I mean, all of these personally might even be more traumatic than what you're seeing in Boston right now for yeah. you personally. It hits you closer to right? home. And, and this, these, these, so you're saying the ideas are the same. A diagnosis of cancer, mm-hmm. uh, a failure on a report card. Yeah. What I don't think the magnitude matters that much. Uh, the big magnitude stuff makes CNN, makes Fox News. Right. Yeah. But and, the little stuff that it. happens to me doesn't. Right. But the, the skills you're teaching are the same. Exactly. So so far the skills are are basically um let it float is what I call it. Let it float meaning just let this idea ask the question, what good could come out of this? Where, or was mm-hmm. that it? What was the positive? What could possibly be good about this? Yes. And it, and it might be something that that is waiting for creation, okay? If you can't find something good in it, well, that might be an indicator that you get to create something. Yeah. What can I make from this? What can I do about this? Where can I go with this? Well, think of that. I mean, and that's what you kind of keep alluding to, is eventually 
let the feeling be what it is. There's no right or wrong way to respond to this at first. It's right. all just a, it's just a feeling. It's just an impulse, a reaction. Then though, let's let's turn it into something. Let's take a role as a creator and start. Or maybe you have the opportunity to turn this into something powerful mm-hmm. for you personally, for your family. I mean, your circle or the country or the nation or whatever. There are hundreds, thousands of examples. Think of every inspiring story that you know. And for me, every single one has a hard part in the middle. Yeah. Some kind of event, some tragedy, some hard thing. And without that piece, it doesn't have the power to inspire me. That's right. You you needed the depth of pain to get the the piece. To really get yeah. it. Yes. Love it. Dr. Paul Jenkins. We're going to come back. We're talking with Dr. Paul Jenkins. You can find uh, him on his website, Dr. Dr. Paul Jenkins with a K, right? I don't know why you always point. Did you point that J-E-N-K-I-N-S. out? J-E-N-K-I-N-S. Is there another way to spell it? I don't think so. Okay. I thought you said that once. I'm like, K- I guess you can spell K- it any way you want, but that's the way C-Q- I spell it. I-N-S. <laughs> the number seven. Dr. Paul Jenkins with the dr.com uh, is where you can find him. We're talking about p- pathological positivity, giving you some tools to deal with the uh, tragedy in Boston. And also, probably more apropos, is just dealing with your day-to-day life, your day-to-day tragedies. We'll be back with more tools. If you have some insight questions about uh, positivity, some some comments about your own life. We'd love to hear about it. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. How did BYU Radio end up with a rock and roll show? It was time to just let our hair down and just play whatever we want to play. Catch Through the Garage Door Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern for a look into what's good in rock and roll. Only here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Multiple explosions rocked the Boston Marathon today, injuring dozens and killing some. Boston authorities have shut down sail service in the area and grounded aircraft in case this in case of any further attack. Excuse me. FBI authorities are now beginning to investigate what happened just before the explosions, interviewing able-bodied victims and eyewitnesses at local hospitals, which have all been placed on lockdown as the situation continues to unfold. The Supreme Court has decided to stay out of the nationally raging debate over guns, opting today not to hear a case to decide if there is a constitutional right for citizens to carry a firearm outside of their homes. Recent Supreme Court cases have expanded gun rights ownership. Gun ownership rights, excuse me. A hunger-striking inmate at the Guantanamo Bay prison in Cuba has written an article in the New York Times detailing the force-feeding of inmates and harsh conditions in the prison. President Obama defended the use of force guards employed over the weekend to quell a violent rebellion. Giant rat-sized snails are invading Florida. The giant African land snail population is growing swiftly in the state, which is dangerous because the slimy creatures can chew through stucco and plaster. In world news, North Korea issued new military threats today on the birthday of the current regime's founder, issuing essentially an ultimatum to South Korean authorities as world powers continue to dispute the North Korean nuclear program. 
Venezuelan protesters are calling for a recount after the recent election following former President Hugo Chavez's death came down to under 300,000 votes. Both sides are claiming they've won the election. And a notorious French gangster has escaped from prison by holding four guards at gunpoint and blowing up five doors. Warrants have now been issued in 26 nations, and Interpol officials have been called in to help with the search. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're visiting with Dr. Paul Jenkins. Uh, you know, incredible guy. It, it, the thing I love about you, Paul, is if you could sit here with Dr. Paul Jenkins, you'd just feel calm all around. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that helps in your pro, in your program and, and working with people. But mm-hmm. he, he does a lot of coaching. He's a therapist, Ph.D. He knows what he's talking about. And he's helping us today. You know, learn some skills about positivity and um, coping in a way. And really, he was supposed to be here anyway for the show to talk about his uh, his philosophies on pathological positivity. He's also been helping us cope with some of the things we're seeing going on in Boston right now with uh, the tragic events there. But, Paul, welcome back. Thank you. It really is good to have you here. And you you're you're setting your life aside now and you're focusing on positivity. This is the new book. Positivity. Why? I mean, come on. Perhaps you've picked up on this point. <laughs> the, the, our planet is plagued with a pandemic of poisonous pessimism. The, po- <laughs> the popular perception of painful or perturbing problems is pathogenically paralyzing. The predominant population places pessimism on a pedestal. Wow. That's a lot of peas, Paul. It's <laughs> a lot of peas. <laughs> Pathological positivity reprograms and positions us to perceive positive possibilities in painful problems. It inspires and provokes people to apply positive principles and practices, even in paralyzing predicaments. Plums. (laughs) Pathological positivity isn't just a program or fluffy philosophy. Prunes. And that's spelled with a PH, by the way. Oh. It's philosophy. A, it's a personal preference. It's a programmed proclivity to purposefully opt for the positive from a plethora of possible perceptions. This promotes powerful productivity, profit, and prosperity. Pernicious, pernicious pandemic, poisonous, pestilent pessimism is pummeled into powder. As professionals, parents, and other people permit, apply, promote, and popularize pathologically positive paradigms. Wow. The payoff is phenomenal prosperity. Phenomenal with a PH. Prosperity. You, you look perplexed. Well, I wish we had known because we could have put a filter on for the P. <laughs> I'll wipe the microphone. A P off. filter because you just messed up our <laughs> microphones. But really, that was pretty. Precisely. And I prepared it prior to this episode. Well, I hope so. Or you've got a, you've got a really bad vocabulary or a great vocabulary in one letter of the alphabet. My name's Paul. <laughs> but it, you know what? You said it all. Let's just end right there. And, and when I said that I prepared this prior to this episode, we have been planning. Now you're catching all the peas, right. aren't you? We've been planning to talk about 
pathological positivity since the last time I was exactly. on the show. And that uh, was, month plus. I don't know, six weeks ago, yeah. something like that. This happened today in Boston. And it's an, it's an appropriate opportunity right. to apply this principle. So, Perfect timing. I, I, I can't stop. I know, neither can I. I just can't stop. Did you notice I threw plums and prunes in there? I did. And platypus. And platypus. I was just trying to think of, because you're, you're using all like the psychological terms and stuff. I was yeah. trying to throw in other things, vegetables. Yeah. Peas, Pr- fruits, vegetables. Promiscuous pigeons playing parcheesi. You have really thought this through. I've thought through the pathological positivity in a way that I'm I'm becoming convinced, Matt, that this is really a key element in creating a life that doesn't suck. Right. The, the positivity is essential, you're saying. And you're not saying just find the positive. You're not saying it as a fluffy... Take the just out, and I'll agree with you. Yeah. Find the positive. It's not a just. That minimizes it. No, totally. But isn't that what... Well, when people hear positivity, they think, blah, 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 psychobabble. Right. Life is hard, Paul. Positive mental attitude. Yeah. Fixes everything, whatever. Yeah. Have you noticed it doesn't work? To just think that everything's positive because right. you go through, you know, you turn on the news and you notice somebody just got killed in Boston. Right. Okay. What could possibly be good about that? Again, not a bad question. Great question. But as a statement disguised as a question, it just leads us into what I call noxious negativity. Another alliteration. <laughs> that's, the, that's the flip side. That's the opposite side. Yeah. And you have a choice. So you don't have a choice about whether you're going to go back and change. Well, whether a bomb went off. A bomb going off or your but you do have a choice. child being diagnosed with cancer. Right. But you now get to choose how we see it, interpret it, the right. data we look for, what we do with it. It's like, now what? And have you ever heard of a flash dark? Flash dark? No. Again, you look perplexed. Flash dark. A flash dark. Well, you know what a flash light is. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. So you turn that thing on and you see a little spot of light over yeah. on the wall or wherever you're shining. Right. Okay. No. Flash dark. You turn that thing on, you see a little spot of dark. No. I don't think so. It only goes one way. You open up a dark closet and yeah. the, the darkness rushes out and fills up the room. No, no. The light rushes in. Yeah. That's why choosing positivity is so powerful. Is there... Um, is there another word than positivity? Hmm. I'm just wondering if the world isn't hung up on that. Like, that seems like pop psychology. It does. But I, I want, I mean, like, it's hope. Mm-hmm. It's choosing hope. It's choosing light. It's choosing hope, appreci- like, appreciative, appreciation. Gratitude. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a dichotomy. And sometimes when I'm presenting this, it sounds like, the victim mentality yeah. versus the agent mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, the the paradigm of blame and shame versus accountability and gratitude. Right. And you get to choose. Look at gratitude for just a minute. Um, I, I had an interesting experience with my daughter not too long ago. I was taking her to school. Uh, she had missed the bus. Okay, and... 
she was apologetic about, I said, honey, I can take you. Relax. No problem. I got it. Yeah. I'll take you to It'll school. It'll cost you, but I can do it. So you're right. <laughs> That's another story. But we're heading down the street. We get maybe a block and a half away and she's already apologized three times. And I said, hold on. Time out. Gratitude, not guilt. Love it. She thought about that for a minute and she nailed it. She came back and said, daddy. Thank you so much for taking me to school today. It's awesome. Now, how does my heart feel? Yeah. With the gratitude. It's so much better, isn't it? You choose gratitude and you're paying the person who's serving you now instead of yeah. punishing them. You know, so that's a that's a perfect example. So when you say pathological positivity, you're not just saying positive mental attitude. What you're saying is in every function of our life, you're going to skew the view. Skew the view. Positive. Or appreciative. <laughs> on the, So gratitude. So guilt would be the depreciative. Mm-hmm. And um, gratitude is the appreciative. So you're going to a higher energy or a lower energy. Love it. A higher frequency or a lower frequency. You get to choose. Well, one thing we could be doing immediately is Wow. I mean, this could have been so much worse. Sure. Like, there are hundreds of victims, and mm-hmm. this could have been horrendous. This, there were a lot of people down there, and it was meant for harm, and this is good. And it feels a little awkward to even talk about that, yeah. because this could have been horrendous. Matt, it was horrendous. Oh, yeah. So the irony Com- is compared, compared to something yeah. less horrendous. Right. But compared to something more horrendous, see, and the human mind has to make those comparisons. Right. So you're constantly making the comparisons and you're pronouncing some kind of judgment, some kind of evaluation on your experience. So the whole idea of pathological positivity, uh, it it goes beyond the traditional positive mental attitude thinking. And it's an acknowledgement that you will assign meaning to your experience, you will. You have yeah, to. Yeah, it's going to happen. You have to. Yeah. And when you purposefully choose to take that in a positive direction, it's like turning the lights on. It creates possibilities and opportunities. In fact, the difficult situation becomes the opportunity. Do you remember the Apollo 13 disaster? Mm-hmm. I remember in the movie, as the commander was saying, or one of the guys in the in the command room was saying this could be the worst disaster that we've ever experienced. And the commander intervened and he says, with all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be one of our finest hours. That's cool. And then what did they do with that disaster? They turned it into an opportunity that became one of those inspiring stories yeah. that we're talking about. In fact, and I like that you point out, all inspiring stories have this kernel of negativity that they're probably built around. Well, the hard part, the painful part, the sting, the zap, and and that doesn't take away the sting. It still hurts. Right. It is still painful. We're not changing that. No. But what we're saying is uh, to do something different with that and to do it on purpose. Yeah. The now what? So now what? Yeah. Great question. Great question. So it's now, kind of, uh, step one, dang. Yeah. Step two, double dang. Yeah. Super step painful. Th- Blame, accuse, which is what we... Right. So the now what, you've got a choice. Do we just get angry, less hopeful? 
and and so step three might be okay then. Yeah. Okay. Accept. Deal. I mean, like, accept your reality. And then step four. Now what? Yeah. It's a process, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you can't expect people to move. It, it, we don't move by as by this or through this as a community. We we process it, but everybody has to go through that process personally. Right. So we can't expect anyone there to deal with it the way we deal with it outside of Boston or mm-hmm. in our lives. That's why I guess exactly. you know, it's everyone else's trial. I mean, in anything, the, the diagnosis, the loss of a job. Mm-hmm. You can go try to psych up the guy that just lost his job. Hey, it's not bad. Hey, cheer up, dude. It could be worse, man. Yeah, that just ticks him off. I know. It just gets, yeah, then you're going to get hurt. So remember that that first step is to feel whatever you're going to feel. Yeah. And realize that you're not wrong about that. And realize that there will come a time when you get to take another step. And then you intentionally steer that yeah. in a positive direction. Huge. We're talking to Dr. Paul Jenkins. from, And you can go find him on his website, drpauljenkins.com. And uh, get some insight there as well. We're going to come back and learn more about this pathological positivity, hopefully with fewer alliterations. And uh, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. He's got a lot in him. We'll be back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Next time you're playing mixologist, consider holding the olive and adding transistors this is innovation now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas emerging technologies and the people behind the concepts that shape the future as a sort of high-tech novelty an mit student recently created intelligent ice cubes to put in his drinking glass at parties made of colored led lights a tiny battery and circuit board embedded in a food safe gelatin cube the devices respond to loud party music by blinking on and off in the glass This isn't exactly new. You could make them yourself, but these ice cubes carry an accelerometer, which can sense and count how many times a glass is tipped to take a sip. Too many sips too fast, and the glass glows red to warn the drinker he's over-imbibing. While these were only a novelty demonstration, being able to miniaturize electronics and add some smarts to everyday objects points to a future where smart cocktails could tell bartenders how to properly mix a martini or Mai Tai. Or imagine that drink glasses might someday have IP addresses and could help communicate short distances over the noise in a bar when you try to introduce yourself. It might really be the drink talking this time. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Start your day off right with The Morning Show. Host Marcus Smith always gives you something new to think about. I want to live my life all over again, and it's because I've got the wrong career. Uh, well, there's 12 different careers. I want, to be, uh, I want to be a rock star. That's one thing I want to do. I want to be a clinical psychologist. I think that'd be fantastic, too. But boy, you hear, you hear about what people actually study, and I just, I'm just mesmerized by it. Catch The Morning Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
We are talking positivity here, and of all days, uh, we're doing this on the day of this explosion in Boston at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. I'm sure you're all watching as we are to the terror attack at the Boston Marathon. And really, it wasn't timed to be this way. We just have on Dr. Uh, Paul Jenkins, who is currently undertaking a mission, his new mission. Is to inject more um, light into a dark yeah. world than just recirculating darkness. A little bit of light goes a long way. It really does, doesn't it? You light a candle in a dark room. That's all you kind of need sometimes, huh? Just a little bit of light. It, that is a really good thing to remember as you look at however you're going to handle this or other hard parts in life. your life. Mm hmm. Whatever it is. A little bit of light. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to turn. Again, what I love is you're telling everybody, just accept where you are. So Mm -hmm. if you're deeply entrenched in the pain of this because you're in Boston and you're suffering something, you can just sit in the space and just let it be what it is. Mm -hmm. Don't try to like turn it into something that's fake light. (laughs) Hey, this isn't bad. At least we don't have to go to school tomorrow. Something silly like that's just contrived. We don't need to contrive positivity. Right. Just just almost stay your ground. Just be neutral. Let it just happen. And feel what you're going to feel. Yeah. That's what we started with, and there's an important reason for that. Feel what you're going to feel. And what what is the important reason? What if we don't feel it? What if I just keep pretending like the death of my spouse wasn't there? I mean, if we just keep putting it off. So, Matt, check this out. Depression. Most people, well, a lot of people, I don't know if it's most people, yeah. but a lot of people misunderstand depression. They think it's sadness. Yeah. Sadness is only sometimes a symptom of depression. Really, it's more of a numbness. It's where we find ways to stop ourselves from feeling because we fear those those difficult emotions so much. Right. And it becomes a flattening of, of the affect. It's a, it's, it's the numbing so it's really it's it's your body's going numb instead of dealing with it. Exactly. It's because it's not even productive. The numbing. It's well. It serves a purpose, kind of like armor serves a purpose. Yeah. It keeps you from getting hurt. Yeah. But if you're wearing a full suit of armor, and you love to swim, oh yeah, we got a problem. Well, you're gonna rust. Well, and how's a hug gonna feel? <laughs> That's right. You're gonna miss some of the good so parts of life. It's it's indiscriminate in the way that it holds out the feelings. And my experience with some of the mood disorders, including depression, is that there are these avoidances built up toward negative or painful feelings. Right. And the problem with that is that it starts to numb out all feelings. The good and the yeah. negative. So you're not, you're not just, you can't block the bad pain. You can block the bad pain, but you also mm-hmm. are blocking the good Feelings. You can't selectively block it. That's the arm. Yeah. That's the rub. That's huge. So you let yourself feel. I was thinking about, do you remember Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, yeah. I love that. And the first episode and right at the end where he says, I feel. It's like, <laughs> it's whoa. It's like, surprise. The I'm pirate's done now. been That's shoving that down forever. That's all I needed. Yeah. You know, just feel, because feeling is a sign of life. Yeah. And let yourself feel. Well, and, and, and it's, that's the risk and that's the rub. Exactly. And so here we all sit dealing with the, that tragedy, 
But everybody out there is dealing with tragedies where you've Mm -hmm. got to choose, do I not feel anymore? Do I just Mm -hmm. suppress it? And you're saying at first, feel. Just feel it. Just feel it. Second. And then then you can learn from that feeling. Yeah. Because it's telling you something. Like, that was important to me. That person's important to me. That person that just was diagnosed is important to me. It's teaching you something. So, So here's the pattern. Discontent strikes first. It's like a lightning bolt of of energy. Right. Okay. And I felt that when I was watching the news today with the Boston coverage. Okay. It's like a zap. It's yeah. something that just gets you. Go ahead and feel that. Now, the next step is choice. Right. And choice leads to question. So the choice is always between, and I'm going to simplify it to pathological positivity or noxious negativity. Yep. Which one are you going to pick? Which direction are we headed here? And, and, and it seems like in a weird way, because it started with discontent, mm-hmm. you're already headed towards the negativity is just the low ground. It's just easier to go negative way. Yeah. Default's always downhill. Yeah. So it's like, so if you don't choose otherwise, you're probably just going to head down to... Well, you will. Gravity always pulls you down. Yeah. It doesn't push you up. Right. Okay. Elevation requires effort. Light requires energy. Yeah. So it's okay that you notice that this is going to be a little hard and it's going to go against some of the natural downhill tendencies that you might feel. Right. So that's okay. But then the choice leads to the question. And the question? The question is... Now what? Now what? Yeah. Now what? Is there, and I guess, is there ever a time frame? I mean, how do we know when we have been putting off the choice and we're we're just not dealing with the now what? You know what I mean? Because that, that, I know people that could do this easy, for 20 actually. years, right? 30 years. There is just, no time limit. Yeah. This, this, there this could go no on. There is no time limit. In fact, you know what? I was talking with one of my clients about this. If you choose noxious negativity... You go back and recycle the discontent. Oh, yeah. I've just got in the corner of my eye, I see the TV monitor. It's the same video clip playing over they and have over and right. over. And and I realize they have different viewers tuning in at different yeah. times. But this is what the noxiously negative approach tends toward. It's recycling discontent. There's a scripture that talks about a dog returning to its vomit. Yeah. No, exactly. Disgusting. Yeah. Analogy, but this client I was telling you about, she said, "Ooh, like a puke smoothie." Ooh, yeah. Gross. Oh, but that. But, Thank but, you for that. But image. in a weird way, it's comforting because it's so predictable. We know what that yeah. pain was, so why don't regurgitate it again? It's not going to hurt me. I mean, it'll hurt me, but it's predictably going to hurt me. So I'll occupy my time there, and it's justified because they were dumb people. They were bad. Well, and then you create this big story about how you were a victim. Yeah, which doesn't okay. look at this terrible story. It doesn't inspire along. anybody, no. but. And and you stay in that, so you can stay in that cycle forever. Mm-hmm. There is no expiration date on puke smoothies. And that, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, s- but it's sadly true. That's the image. Yeah. No, okay. I like it to be that visceral. Stay there as long as you want. When you make the choice toward pathological positivity, it leaves you dangling with this question that is very difficult. So now what? Now what? And that's not easy to answer, especially if you're used to just recycling your smoothies. But it's also inherently proactive because it's yes. choose. So now what do we make of this? So what are you going to make? And this I, is where inspiration comes from. This is where, you know, the breath and new life 
come from mm-hmm. us turning this the lemons into lemonade kind of mentality. Or whatever you want to make out of those lemons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Complain about them being sour or start looking up recipes. Right. What do you want to do with this? So that's the choice. And then the question requires some work. Plan, it, like a like you mean like a plan, like a yeah, energy, you know time, focus. We had this we have this bathroom in our basement where there was a leak in the shower and mm. it got underneath the tile and rotted out all of the boards. Oh man. Okay, just a mess, right? Yeah. And we just dealt with it for like ten years. Yeah. And finally my wife was kind of nudging me towards solving this problem. <laughs> Fix the problem. Well as soon as I decided, okay, I can do something about this. Now what? Ah. Isn't it? It's an interesting okay. moment. Yeah. Well, answer the question. Yeah. I want a new shower. Great. Okay. Who, and then we're done, right? No, now now who? Who's going to do it? Now, who's going to do it? <laughs> yeah. How's it going to be done? Yeah. So so the question then leads to the plan. Mm-hmm. And the plan is where you create in your mind a new solution. Not thought of, maybe not anticipated. It may not, not have ever even existed before. Yeah. Okay. And whatever whatever is going to be created from this Boston tragedy right. is not yet created. Right. It will be created by the creative minds that will put will answer that question. That's right. Now what? Yeah. Well, how about this? How about that? Throw um, it out there. I, I have a friend who, uh, like me, does a lot of speaking. Yeah. He travels, and he was on a plane where there was some terrible turbulence going on, just getting tossed around. People are screaming and uh, thinking they're going to die. Right. And he went through this mental exercise of, what if this plane die- crashes? Okay, well, if I die, it'll probably happen fairly quickly, and so that's not too bad for me. And I've right. got life insurance, so my family will be okay after they grieve for a while. Yeah. I mean, he's going through this process. Yeah. If I live... My speaker fee triples. <laughs> so now what? <laughs> so, We're living large. You know. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so now what? You create another answer. Yeah. What can we make from this? And then you get to work. Uh, and I love that. I mean, let's. we got about one minute, Paul. Tell me, okay. what's the one thing? So everybody out there, wherever they are, of everything we've talked about, if you had to just lean back on one lesson one key to dealing with negativity mm-hmm. what's the key i mean negativity is life it's part of life it's going to be there if you mean pain i would agree okay great because negativity is an interpretation always and that's a choice uh-huh. so the one word i would come back to is choice you get to choose in that space that choice point mm-hmm. if we take it I guess first we got to choose if I, what I if I can just sit in the pain for a while. Stay in the question. Stay in the question. Then another is now what? What which choice do I make now? Mm-hmm. Where do I take this moment, this pain, the situation? And if you are absolutely doggedly determined to remain positive and to take this a positive direction, you will encounter answers as you go that direction. You don't have yeah. to know. You don't have to know ahead of time. All of the outcomes right now. But, it, but be determined about that choice. Yeah. And then you can take it that direction. You can create something. Love it. DrPaulJenkins.com. Go check him out. He has he has a ton of stuff on his website as well. He's got his blog, uh, free downloadable information as well, four powerful, powerful truths for those 
who love their lives. And an upcoming book sometime soon. When's it coming out? Uh, later this summer. Pathological Positivity. Dr. Paul Jenkins, he'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. we got to get him back and keep picking his brain. We'll be back after this break to talk a little bit more about life, positivity, and uh, listen to the news break here with Sam McCall. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Isn't it time for a little good on your Twitter feed? Follow us at BYU Radio to stay connected with BYU Radio hosts, to keep updated about your favorite shows, and to stay current on Cougar Sports. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and keep talking about good. And thanks for listening to us here at BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Three explosions have now been confirmed in Boston today, appearing to target the Boston Marathon. The Boston Globe is reporting over 100 people are injured. Some fatalities have been reported as well. Boston police officials have discovered multiple undetonated explosive devices in the city, and bomb squad teams have been setting off these devices in controlled conditions. At least three of them have been reported so far. The Supreme Court is staying out of the gun control debate, opting not to hear a case challenging a New York law restricting concealed carry permits. Opponents say being allowed to carry a firearm outside of the home is a constitutional right. A hunger-striking inmate at the Guantanamo Bay prison in Cuba has written an article in the New York Times detailing the force-feeding of inmates and harsh conditions in the prison. President Obama defended the use of force guards employed over the weekend to quell a violent rebellion. Giant rat-sized snails are invading Florida. The giant African land snail population is growing swiftly in the state, which is dangerous because the slimy creatures can chew through stucco and plaster. World News North Korea issued new military threats today on the birthday of the current regime's founder, issuing an ultimatum to South Korean authorities as world powers continue to dispute the North Korean nuclear program. Venezuelan protesters are calling for a recount from the recent election following former President Hugo Chavez's death after it came down to under 300,000 votes. Both sides are claiming they've won the election. And a notorious French gangster has escaped from prison by holding four guards at gunpoint and blowing through five doors. Warrants have been issued in 26 nations and Interpol officials have been called in. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about positivity, and of all days to be doing that, Many of you I know are also listening to the stories coming out of Boston with the, uh, the, the explosions at the Boston Marathon. And so bringing up positivity in the midst of a probable terrorist attack um, seems crazy. It seems uh, almost impossible. And what, what I guess my main learning from just having on 
Dr. Paul Jenkins with us is there's there's choice here and we're not saying you got to just hey just be happy and just find the silver lining in all of this right now i think dr jenkins made a great point about it all where just let it be what it is just feel what you're feeling you should be mad you should be frustrated by this pain by these problems um just let it just feel it let it be what it is right now we don't need to turn it into something we kind of have already learned in past terrorism uh, or terroristic acts that we don't have the data yet to really even know what it is. Um, so feel it. And then as we move on in life, uh, we're going to have a moment, kind of the what now moment that he was talking about, where now we have to decide how we're going to deal with it. And so on the show, for the remainder of the show, one thing I wanted to talk about um, basically is some some tools, some keys that I have found as a coach, as somebody that just deals with people day in and day out, some keys, some tools to help us find and, and be a little bit happier in our lives, um, find and, ha- and be a little bit more positive in our lives. I, I'm sitting there one day doing a radio show, and I have a radio show in Salt Lake City is how this whole thing started. And I was talking about um, choice, just like Dr. Paul was bringing up. And I, I get a call um, from a wonderful woman whose name is Thelma Suarez. And Thelma, you, I know you've, you may have seen her on television many years ago, but she's a mother of a, a daughter named Lori Hacking. And there, tragically, was an event that took place to her daughter, Lori Hacking, where Lori was brutally killed by her husband, Mark Hacking. And you may remember the story. It was many years ago. Uh, they were just a young family, and Mark was—her husband was, um, I guess, pretending that he was going to med school, but really wasn't making any progress. And uh, Lori kept pushing on it and what's going on and was about to leave him, I guess, and— then he was bru- he brutally murdered her. So I'm sitting on my show, and we're talking about the importance of forgiveness and, and the importance of choice and the importance of happiness, and that eventually uh, we have choices to make. And I get this call. I bring on Thelma Suarez. It was out of the blue. She called the show herself. And what she taught me was one of the most amazing lessons ever. First of all, it was an honor to have her on the show. But what she taught me is, and she said these very words. She says, Matt, every single day, uh, I miss my daughter. I miss having Lori around. I miss having this beautiful woman and a child and my grandchildren that she would have had. And Every day I feel robbed of that. But this is what she said. She says, and every day I have to choose intentionally to forgive Mark again. So I just choose to forgive him because I don't want to carry it. And to me, that's, I think, what Dr. Paul's talking about. We, we can't change the events. We can't change what happened to Lori. We, we can't change what happens in Boston. Um, and right now, the people in Boston and as a country, let's just take Dr. Paul's advice and just let it be. Feel what you need to feel. No one's judging you for that. Eventually, we always have to make a decision. And one of the things I found of people that seem to be happier than the rest is we tend to make our decisions um, 
to be responsible for our own happiness, to be responsible for our own forgiveness. And even if the decision, as Thelma Suarez teaches us, had to be made or has to be made every single day, it's apparently a decision that she, she makes. It's easier to find happiness through forgiveness, she says, than it is to, um, to just suffer. She doesn't want to be a victim anymore. She doesn't want to give Mark that power. She said again, I suffer the pain of Mark's decisions every day, and yet I can still choose to forgive him and feel the peace that comes from that. But that is a choice I make every day. Each of us, does. Each of us will make that choice. We'll all make the choice on Boston. We all made the choice on 9-11. The choices aren't going to go away. So that's one of the first, first strengths of happy people. Another one is these people tend to live out their lives out of love, and not out of fear. The power to, uh, to feel fear right now is enormous. As you sit here and watch ESPN or, or not ESPN, CNN and Fox News and all of the headlines that are going by, as you're reading the headlines, it would be right now very easy to, to have a lot of fear in our lives. But one of the things I found in, in healthier people is they eventually have the ability to, to notice the fear and to find a way to turn it into something else, find a way to let a little light in and usually the best light is going to be love. Sometimes that's just serving other people. So whether it's the tragedies that you have in your everyday life um, or the tragedies we're seeing on the news today, maybe the key is going to be finding a way to love, finding a way to serve others, and not let the fear operate us. Instead, let's start operating the fear, uh, operating out of love instead of fear. Taking responsibility, first tool. Second tool is living our lives more out of love and out of fear. Ask yourself that. Are you able, if you had to reevaluate your own happiness, do you feel like you're a person that operates more out of love or out of fear? Do you have a lot of comments about what could go wrong or what did go wrong? Can you not get over things of the past? Um, it's going to affect your life. It's it's going to affect your happiness. It's also going to affect the people you attract around you. If you tend to live out of fear, you're going to uh, attract a lot more fear. And healthy people, that's the last thing they want is more fearful, angry people. They also know what to do with them when they arrive, meaning I don't have to be angry and fearful because you are I can just find some way to love you. So there's two rules for you so far. Another rule, uh, one of my favorite, and Dr. Paul got into it a lot, is to look for the positive in every setting. To me, there has never been a better example of positivity than a Dutch Christian Holocaust survivor named Corey Tenboom. And uh, if you haven't read about Corey Tenboom, you need to go read, um, just go look her up on the internet. Fascinating woman. She's sitting there one day. She was in concentration camps trying to hide uh, the Jews from the Nazis. That's where she got in trouble, trying to sneak them away because she really felt like, you know, they were they, they didn't deserve this treatment. So eventually they took Corey Ten Boom and they put uh, Corey and her sister into a concentration camp for basically aiding and abetting the enemy. And when she was there... They, she would gather everybody in these concentration camps together, the, in, in the same people in the same barracks. And one time she offered a prayer that just so upset her sister. Her prayer, it was a daily prayer, and she would always thank God for the fleas that were in the, the barracks that they were all sleeping in. So just imagine 
hundred women in a barrack that it, with beds and they're all next to each other. And then these barracks get filled with fleas and are infested. And one day she offers in her daily prayer, thank you, God, for the fleas that have, invest, that have infested their barracks. And at the end of the prayer, a bunch of people looked at her and they couldn't believe that she was actually thanking God for fleas. And uh, one of them, I think it was her sister, protested and said, we are not grateful for fleas. Come on, don't even go there. And uh, Corey set her straight by being very clear to her sister saying, look, if we didn't have the fleas, then the guards would be inspecting our barracks a lot more regularly. And if they were inspecting our barracks, barracks a lot more regularly, they would never, um, they would have come across the Bible that we've been hiding that is bringing us so much light and peace in this horrible dark space. So sometimes there is the light. And I think that's what Dr. Jenkins was talking about earlier. Now, again, Boston's Boston right now. Let's just let it play out. Let's, let, let's feel what we're feeling there. But there's going to be a time where if you're the victim, if your spouse or somebody close to you was harmed or injured, there's going to be a time where we have to make sense of it. And wouldn't it be great to be able to have, I guess, the faith, the positivity that Corey Ten Boom had in being able to, to be appreciative of the fleas? Um, really, how on earth do you get that kind of light, that kind of goodness? Another tool of people that seem to just be happier is they forgive quickly. And uh, I think really a a great example of this, um, you can see going on or will eventually have to go on with all of those that are suffering from what's happening in Boston. Forgiveness, and we've had it on our show. We've talked about it a lot. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetfulness. We don't need to forget this. Justice needs to be served. Eventually, someone's going to probably pay for this. Um, But the forgiveness is something that I think most of us carry and have to carry in our own hearts. And so I would highly suggest, I mean, one of the problems with negativity is when we get too caught up in um, being unable to let it go. Forgiveness means I'm just going to give. I'm going to give it up. It's a choice. It's back to what Dr. Paul was talking about earlier which is a choice. And one of the things I see when I deal with couples uh, and relationships is I, I see it every single day. At some point, we all have a reason for being mad. There's justification. What your partner did to you, the person that hurt you, the friends that don't ever come around. If you're a grandparent out there and your kids only call when they need something, the neighbor that drove over your sprinklers and now you've got to go fix all your sprinklers. We all have a grudge. We all have a story. And eventually we get to decide what story we want to keep carrying. And is the story going to be a story of justified anger? Or is the story going to be a story of letting it go and being able to to feel the peace for the people that have hurt you? Um, Again, you don't have to let it go because you're justified in the story. The problem is if you don't let it go, you're the only one paying for it, really. You're the one that's going to pay the price And um, that price can come in a lot of ways, just anger, frustration. I have a person that I've been frustrated with for years after a professional situation went awry. And, you know, you'd think it would be done. And then all of a sudden, hey, the next version of the frustration appears. And I'm supposed to forgive him three times? Are you kidding me? 
But again, what I notice is, is if I don't forgive him, and it doesn't mean I agree with him, and it doesn't mean I think he's a saint, I think he's got problems. And I still need to find a way to forgive. I think that's the core to all of our lives. And what we're finding in some of the research is your ability to forgive. Again, let's remember, it's not tied to forgetting. I don't think you need to forget your pain. In fact, if you did, I'd be kind of worried about you. But I want you to have a chance to turn it into something else, like peace. Like, you know what? I'm done with that. I don't need to go there anymore. Last but not least, um, happy people have the ability to lose themselves in others. One of the things I love about what I'm seeing on TV is how many people are engaged in serving the people of Boston right now. How many prayers are now being offered to the people of Boston and how many... um, how many people immediately jumped in and started doing what they could, which probably, honestly, wasn't much. But if we all just start to operate and do what we can do and operate where we have influence, the most powerful thing starts to happen to us. And there's great research about this in the field of positive psychology that says when you do what you can, you tend to feel the peace faster. <laughs> When you know you should do something and you don't do it, when you know you're having these thoughts in your head like, I really need to get to the doctor. And I don't know. I think something's going wrong. I don't know what it is. I just feel like I need to get to the doctor. When you don't go get to the doctor, that you get to suffer that thought and that pain and that guilt forever until you're finally going to get to the doctor. The research shows having a challenge in your life isn't what kills you. What kills you is having a challenge that you're not going to act on, that you're not making a plan for, and you're not going to eventually progress around. So again, our prayers are with the people of Boston. For the rest of us that are living life, can we just challenge you? Right now, let's just challenge you to go do a few things. Start looking for the positive, obviously. Take responsibility for how you feel. Right now, if you're feeling tormented about what's going on in Boston, let those feelings go for a while. But in a while, let's start making some, taking some responsibility for our own feelings and hap- of happiness. Let's start living our lives out of, fe- out of love and not fear. Let's start looking for the positive in our settings of life. Let's start trying to forgive others. And let's figure out a way to make a plan and to do something, to do something to march us towards more positivity. To me, that's the equation of happiness. Happiness to me is not what happens to you. I mean, you go down the list, and if you live long enough, bad stuff's going to happen to you. Uh, The difference between the people that can find the peace and the happiness, to me, seems to be those that understand they're responsible for it, make choices for it, um, forgive, serve others, and try to bring the light. Let's start bringing a lot more light. This world needs it. The world's dark without it. And again, that's why we keep trying on this show and in BYU Broadcasting to, to bring you more light, bring you uh, some of the positive things of life, hopefully help you see the good in life. When we come back, we're going to just give you a few more tools, a few more things, maybe a chance to laugh a little bit, give you, again, a little lift in this crazy thing we call life. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Here's a show for you deep thinkers, seekers of new ideas and constant learners. It's called Thinking Aloud. You can join host Marcus Smith to hear thoughtful interviews from guests. And with each new show, you can leave more inspired, enlightened, and educated. 
Tune in weekdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and 8.30 p.m. Eastern for Thinking Aloud. Here on 143 BYU Radio, talk about good. Here at BYU Radio, we want to create shows that connect with you. So if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates, call us. We want to hear your questions, opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. BYU alumni and business partners, Danny Ashworth and Matt Heaton. My first computer science class at BYU was CS142. One of my classmates' names caught my attention during roll. It was the same name as one of my childhood friends. After class, I approached him and said, I used to know a Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. And Matt said, I am Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. Matt was selling floppy disks and computer hardware out of his apartment at the time. He offered to pay me 50% of the profit on anything I helped him sell. Things really started going well, and we decided to start our business, Computer Warehouse. Later, we also co-founded ZeroCatch.com and Bluehost.com in Provo, Utah. That computer science class at BYU changed the course of my whole life. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu update. Remember when. Remember why. BYU alumni. Connected for good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. As we're wrapping up the show, we thought it might be a really good idea to give you a real-life example of positivity negativity. Okay? Nothing about, we've talked about all the heavy stuff. Here it goes. I have a daughter getting married. Should be a very positive experience. Uh, Pretty much is. Except for the negative part of it. He says two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks? No, it's... Three-ish weeks. Three-ish weeks before it happens. And it's, it's positive. It's just... You know, she scares me. It's intimidatingly positive. Yeah. 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 She scares me, is the point. (laughs) She's a bride and is beautiful, talented, and then she can get scary. She's not a full bridezilla. Yet. Yet. And I actually don't think she'll go there. I think because the stressful stuff is kind of over in a way because like there's a lot of big decisions and a lot of stuff that had to be done but then hormones get kicking in and (sighs) so what we did is we kind of put bryce on this a little bit and with positivity and negative negativity there seems to be kind of a double standard and our own bryce tobin has some thoughts about it that he would just love to share with us look i don't want you to take this the wrong way but i'm about to rant this is the bryce is right 
you gotta take the good with the bad. I often long for nice, deep, exploratory conversations that expose the human condition while drawing on the personalized experiences of those involved to better edify our existence. But like I said, to every yin there is a yang. And for every conversation that bolsters my hope in humanity, I know sooner or later I'll have to explain to another cashier why I don't want any vegetables on my triple cheeseburger. This train of thought got me thinking about other conversations that we dread. There's the puberty talk with your kids. I don't think any well-adjusted person- Hey, we're coming back. Okay. That's not the story. So talk about negativity, because I was like, I don't want to talk about puberty with my kids, which was just right there what we were talking about. <laughs> we almost didn't stop it in time. Yeah, did you see me throw my headphones down in frustration? Yeah, that was it. That That's was the negative. But now we're going to get to the positive. So now we have it locked and loaded. Is that right, Skyboy? Yes. Is okay. it, is it this different? Is the, this is the right one. Okay, so again, this is Bryce's view on kind of the double standard about positivity and negativity. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. At this point, we should all know that it's good to be positive. It's been out in research journals, media, and the news that there are benefits. But as with any movement, there's a counterculture. And through this movement, that's how negativity has survived. But the negativity isn't just like an opinion on the matter. It's morphed into being understood as a mark of discerning taste or sophistication. So now we have this culturally accepted undertone of negativity that bursts upward like a geyser in unpleasant and situationally inappropriate ways. And we're aware of it, but we still just let it roll over us like it's okay. My favorite metaphorical burst is the bridezilla. My own feelings about the gaudy parade that weddings have mutated into aside, does anyone else find it strange how after months of planning and preparation when two days before the big day, one little thing goes wrong and suddenly it's okay to throw a tantrum? I understand that when the pressure builds there needs to be a release, but why is it wrong for me to complain in traffic while it's totally cool for a bridezilla to scream at people and throw cake at them? So, in response to this, I came up with a perfect plan of action that makes me immune to the bridezilla. In general, I have mixed feelings about weddings. Yeah, yeah, hooray, you're taking the next step in your life together. Wahoo, good for you. I'm fine with that part. But all the ceremony we feel compelled to go through doesn't sit well with me. And it used to be that when I got word that someone close to me is getting married, I would get this sinking feeling that they're going to try and rope me into the maelstrom. I used to, that is until I came up with a rather innovative solution that I call planned incompetence. You see, the more you know about something, the more you're capable of getting roped into. So the first and most important step in planned incompetence is to remain as oblivious as possible for as long as possible. If you can hold strong, there will eventually be a tipping point. Like when you're on a roller coaster and you're getting to the top of that first drop off and there's that point where there's no turning back and then gravity takes over and the fun begins, you reach the ignorance tipping point once things for the event have moved so far along that to really be helpful, you need to know what's been happening. And then once anyone trying to rope you in realizes that it'll take too much effort and time to get you up to speed so that you can really be of any help, you've made it. You've avoided helping enough that you're no longer capable of really helping. And now rejoice, valiant soldier, rejoice because you're free. At this point, all you gotta do is ride that metaphorical roller coaster. And while I used a wedding to illustrate my point, don't worry. I've done many experiments and found that planned incompetence works for just about anything that you can get roped into. So from now on, have no fear. You have the tools to avoid the bridezilla, just like I do. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow. So you're saying, just pretend like you're clueless. Or yep. be clueless. Yep. Then you don't have to get involved in the negativity, it's and not, your life would be positive. You have a fabulous experience, whereas you could be, you know, 
brought into the mess and then something can be your fault and yeah. then you get cake thrown at you. Do you know what? You've nailed it. Because I have actually been doing this without even knowing this theory of planned incompetence. Because they don't ask me. They don't. And I don't actually want to know. And see, it I, just works out. I wrote a check. I gave her a number. <laughs> Here's what you're getting. And then I just let them go. Now, it's interesting. My wife is actually much more involved. But and her moods maybe are more up and down than even mine. I mean, like about this, this is like a big deal. And notice she is involved. She's involved. And she has the up and down. You are not involved. You don't have the you, up and down. You would think you would fly in the face of being an effective person to just plan on being incompetent. But you're saying in the end, less investment, more peace. Yep. More, I guess, less to deal with and... You can be happy. I like it. As someone who is approaching dealing with his first planned wedding, yeah. I'm assuming you weren't involved in your actual wedding. No. You just well, showed I up. I showed up. You showed up. Like, well, and I went and bought, you know, I, yeah, I, I did everything got, she told me to you do. You got fitted. Uh huh. And then you showed up the day of. Yeah. And nailed it. <laughs> like, worked out. Got I married. Mean, worked. I was the best groom there's ever been. Boom. Nailed it. But, you know, I saw it more as a play, like a one-night play. Yeah. And just, boom, did my job. She saw it more as like a traveling one-year process. Gotcha. Yuck. But now now the, the you've changed hats. Yeah. You are now involved I'll, from beginning uh, to now end. Now I'm more just like a banker. <laughs> I'm just the banker behind the production. I'll probably derive some benefit on that day. You're the executive producer for the show. Uh-huh. I'm inheriting an incredibly great son-in-law, and I'm my daughter's wonderful, and it's great. And But go. Leave. <laughs> All in, of you go. Don't involve him. See, I, that's great. Who would have thunk? Planned incompetence. So one way you can do it is you can take all the advice of Dr. Jenkins that we talked about earlier, or you can kind of take some of my advice that I, you know, be happy, be positive, stuff like that. Or you can take Bryce's advice, which is just fake like you're clueless and look the other way and say, hey, what happened? <laughs> claim ignorance. And when you claim ignorance, there is kind of a, uh, yeah, it may not last. I mean, you might want more out of life, but. But, you know, get away with it while you can. It's one thing to do. Folks, there you have it. A little positivity, a leg up. Uh, Again, we send our best wishes and prayers out to the people of Boston. We are behind you from the Matt Townsend Show and from BYU Broadcasting. Our prayers are with you. And uh, to the rest of us, let's just keep sending good energy, good light over to Boston. God bless. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.